Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the baseball podcast. Been a while, but you know, here we are. Uh, I'm your co-host, Tom Quirk. I'm here with my other co-host, Ethan Pachersky, aka Ethan P. Ethan P, do you have anything you want to uh, add to that? I would like to add that that's the worst thing ever, and let's please not do that. That sounds good to me, Ethan P. So, um, <laughs> do we have any uh, special Wait. guests today? Is this like how we call Anakin Skywalker Mr. S? Mr. S, yeah. <laughs> I, I really hate this, but if it's going to be a thing, I guess I'm powerless to stop it. Yeah, well, hey, we don't know if it's going to be a thing yet or not, but yeah. so we, you know, we have more than just us, obviously, because, you know, it's we need to have something to actually yeah. draw people in because nobody wants just us yeah i mean some people do allegedly but you know i would never say that because i want more than than just us and fortunately i'm gonna get my wish because we have sean spradling coming on um sean is kind of a he's sort of the rocky story of the world baseball classic like press media cycle. Yeah, because he started out doing these dream team graphics for the World Baseball Classic. So he would pick like Italy and it'd be all the best players who could qualify for Italy if they just got their dream team. And he makes like a graphic. He puts them all around the field. It kind of looks like the depth chart if you pull it up on like MLB.com. So that was what he started doing. And then as you know, as he will tell you, he kind of just morphed into like, oh, now he's a source for people. And like, I don't know if he's the premier world baseball classic guy, but he's kind of like the premier, like one stop shop for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of the other guys who are covering it either cover just one team, like their own country or they cover that as like you know oh well you know it's the off season so i want to do some baseball stuff so hey mike trout joined team usa which is like yeah everybody who watches baseball heard about that right yeah, that's not groundbreaking right. yeah yeah sean's on top of things and he also is really good at saying i hear there's news coming out of cuba today and then a couple hours later you get it you know what i mean mm -hmm. kind of thing so he's he's really good at compiling all these sources together and just giving you what you need to know about the upcoming tournament um and he's also started doing videos of his thoughts on teams and how far they can go so he's he's a great follow you can find him on twitter at sean underscore spradling and it's sean s-h-a-w-n the correct way to spell it you can find him on tiktok same same handle i believe sean underscore spradling so go find him there he's got awesome uh, wbc content and i'm sure he's gonna be doing something else too because the wbc is on a four-year cycle and i I personally don't want to see him go dormant for three years because he's, he's just he's just got awesome stuff to say. Yeah, so, he's a great I'm, guy. So yeah, so I'm sure he'll be doing something about international baseball. Although we're kind of writing a check for him, and hopefully he cashes it. So yeah, so, so we'll see yeah. what he does. But uh, but anyway, go bother Sean and tell him to start a podcast or YouTube channel or something um, because he's great. But yeah, so we've got an interview with Sean just kind of talk about the WBC and sort of international baseball in general, but mostly WBC stuff. Um, and we're just going to get his thoughts on all, all these different countries, the tournament, how it's set up, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. if you yeah. like WBC, this is the episode to listen to because it's not just the two of us being idiots and speculating. It's a guy who really knows what he's talking about. So, and the two of us being and idiots. The, and yeah, and the two of us being idiots. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's more of yeah. a, a sideshow than, than, than the main event. Yeah, it's sort of like a writer, you know? Right, right, exactly, yeah. yeah. So um, what we, you will see at the end also, if you're lucky, is uh we might discuss a little bit of uh where do we see the tournament going 
you know, we're not going to have power rankings because the teams aren't finalized yet, but uh, we are going to talk about uh, who do we think is going to win. Maybe a couple underdogs will break through a couple of personal favorites. So uh, stick around for the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was an awesome chat and I hope you guys enjoy our chat with Sean. Uh, Otherwise, as for us, there's there's no plan i don't have any news to give you or or schedule to give you we uh we're just doing this for fun in our free time so um we're doing it in some of our free time yeah some of our free time yeah uh it has six months since our last episode and there's no reason for that we just haven't gotten around to it so if there's actually someone out there missing our podcast i'm really sorry i didn't mean to let you you know what i'm not sorry okay (laughs) well I got a life outside this podcast, <laughs> allegedly. I don't think there's anything to worry about, though, because I don't think anyone has been missing our dulcet tones. Um, right. So, yeah. So, so anyway, we have, we're have we going to have a blast talking to Sean. I hope you guys enjoy, and uh, we'll see you in a minute. Welcome back to the Baseball Podcast. We're here with Sean Spradling, uh, World Baseball Classic News extraordinaire. I don't know if you have a title, so I'm making one up for you. I was about to say, I don't uh, think I have a title, so well, now it's you do. good enough. Well, you're handsome, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, oh. Anyway, so yeah, so we're here with Sean, and we're just going to talk some World Baseball Classic. And uh, before we started recording, we were talking about, Sean, how, how did this all start? Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, so it, I, it really all started with, um, and I don't know if we were following each other at this time yet, um, but it all started with the Dream Team graphics. Yeah. At one point, I, on baseball Twitter, people just kind of started talking about Team Dominican Republic. Like that was the team that everybody got hyped on. Like everybody knew that the U.S. had a bunch of good players, but when they saw that, oh shoot, like this Team DR is actually going to be able to compete with like even the best of the best for the U.S., uh, there was some buzz from from some article, like different articles and journalists. Um, I think Hector Gomez was the first person to like start posting like hypothetical lineups consistently and he would even like retweet other people's um like potential lineups for the dominican republic um and so at one point i was like well i'm a visual learner i want to see this i need to like see what it would look like on a diamond so and i kind of like um i dabble in graphic design a little bit so i would just put together like a field it was like the most janky like just like straight lines and like just the names in each just a white background super it wasn't anything special um but i posted it hector gomez retweeted it and i was like oh this is pretty cool because it's just like starting engagement people are kind of talking about the the team what it could look like people roasting me for like certain players that i put in the where they wouldn't put people there's plenty of opinions on right, how the lineup right. for every team should look but so you um, started yeah, after the that, debate exactly there you go. There after you go. that i i was like okay well if people are talking about this team i'm sure every team could be the same way so then i created like a dream team scenario of what every team in the wbc could look like if everyone that was eligible for the for the country committed to the team. And that's probably when Ethan, you and I connected first on Reddit, if I remember correctly. Yeah, what a wonderful place Reddit. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So much fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. It, it it was uh I, I think because I would I'd kind of do a test run on the international baseball Reddit channel before yeah. I put it on Twitter. I was like, how how are people here gonna feel about this? Because they right. probably care a little bit more than just general baseball fans that don't even know that 
Great Britain has a baseball team. So I like right. posted a bunch of the dream team rosters in there, um, got pretty good feedback and then started moving over to Twitter. And then I honestly don't know how I transitioned into being like an everyday, like news source for WBC content for people. But like, I just started uh, like sending out every commitment of anybody that I could find, like any player from different teams uh, tracked it through qualifying and um yeah, so I, I do some different graphics, like uh, like different dream teams, or like now the most recent one is I have a graphic of every team's player commitment so far. Um, and those have been getting pretty good publicity because people, I think there are just a lot of visual learners that if you just see a list of names on Twitter, like it's not going to really do much to, to for you unless you see like that player on a field with these other guys. Like, oh, shoot, like Mike Trout is on the same team as Mookie Betts, who is also going to be in the same outfield as probably Kyle Tucker and like Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, seeing them all together is a lot different than just their names. So, right. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, so, and, and one of the things I think is really interesting is, like you said, you kind of went from, oh, here's a team that I think would be cool to now I've noticed you'll, you'll start being like huge news coming for Cuba today. And then a couple <laughs> hours later, it'll be like this guy committed or whatever. So I guess my question is, how, how do you find that out? Like, how do you get, I don't know if scoops is the right word, but like, how do you get this information? Yeah, honestly, that's just kind of come along the way. Like I have no background in like journalism or like reporting. I just am a baseball fan that likes the WBC. Um, and so kind of along the way of me posting just general WBC content, and this is what we were talking about off off the camera as well. I, um, I'm like, I would call myself a perfectionist. And so normally everything needs to be perfect. Like my articles need to be perfect and videos I put out, I want to be like everything perfect. Me saying the exact words I want to convey. Um, and like I edit everything exactly how I want it to. But with, with these tweets, I just try to send out as much as possible. Right. Um, as long as I, I still want it to be accurate and, and true. I don't want to just yeah. tweet out rumors, but kind of just along the way over the last few months, people have DM'd me and been like, Hey, did you see this article? Like this person committed or Hey, go follow this person. Um, they have really good like Venezuelan content for like the Venezuelan baseball league, like different players in the league uh, that have come over over there. Um, or just, just whatever, like a bunch of people have DM'd me. And then also I have just along the way have found, I guess, reporters from each country, each team, like participating in the WBC that I found have been reliable. So um, the hard part, and I think this is probably why people have been really, I guess, uh, responsive to the WBC content. There's, a, there's not really any reporters who do a crossover from language to language. So there's like a ton of Japanese reporters that will send out Japanese WBC content. And then there's like some Dominican specific, like Spanish speaking Twitter pages, um, there's like a couple, maybe one or two guys like uh, JP Morosi. He tweets out a lot of WBC content in English, but there's very few like crossovers. So I have to mm -hmm. do a bunch of translating and having people yeah. help me translate. Right. But because of that, like no one in on like the English speaking side of baseball Twitter knew that uh, of like Japanese commitments recently, um, like Stephen Kwan, 
the fact that they were even recruiting him. And then like, he's actually been added to the 50 man roster for Japan. No English outlet has had published that. So when I tweeted that it actually got a pretty big response because no one knew that was even an option. Yeah. I was going to say like, Oh, I think I saw that somewhere. And then it was like, Oh, I probably saw it on your Twitter. account. Yeah. (laughs) So it sounds to me, and this, this goes to something, I guess that's bigger than just, Wow, I'm gonna sound like it's a conspiracy theory. It's bigger than just me and you, man. Yeah, but man. it does sound like um, I don't know if MLB maybe or the WBSC, but it sounds like there's this kind of general just lack of like marketing. Because if you think about it, like the NBA has the FIBA World Cup, and they're really really good about being like Joe Ingles is playing for Australia, and people get really excited. Yep. Um, MLB doesn't do that. Like Otani obviously is news, but but if you're from Australia, right, and Liam Hendricks yeah. commits, that would be huge if you're from Australia. But people in the US don't really care, yeah. so MLB sort of leaves that out. And I feel like that's perfect for you to jump in and be like, oh well, here's this commitment from this guy. So what do you think the MLB should be doing to improve this? Because I think obviously there's improvements to be made. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the whole reason that I'm doing this is I think the, exactly the reason that we even have the world baseball classic is just to grow baseball across the world, like just globally throughout Europe, Africa, like all of Asia would be like, I would just love to see the game boom everywhere. Um, but you're so right. The MLB, it, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of frustrating. It was a frustrating at first, at least because I would see like the, the MLB would tweet out every single uh, U.S. commitment, which I'm a U.S. team USA fan. I, right. I mean, I'm from America, so uh, that's my team. So, love that. But they would only tweet out the U.S. players that committed and then like Shohei Otani and I think maybe like mm-hmm. Carlos Correa. That was like we've had five to ten players from like all of these other teams that have all committed but no one like the MLB at MLB has not tweeted any of them out. So I think if they just need to have a, maybe someone dedicated to tracking those commitments um, or just, just tweet them out because there's, there's no one that is doing all of the commitments of every team altogether. Most pages have like one specific team that they focus on, um, but nothing like general WBC content. Like there's right. no like aggregator so far, except for, you know, kind of you. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of hard because I do have those player commitment graphics, which work for the most part for like team USA or team Israel, who also like, if you look up like Israel's baseball Twitter, like they have sent out every player that's committed. Um, but then you go to like the Dominican Republic or Venezuela, or even like Japan, the teams that like, it doesn't matter who commits or not They're Everybody wants to play. Like all of the best players are going to want to play. So commitments aren't necessarily as important as important as who the team wants to bring. So like I could tweet out that uh, like Isaiah Kiner Falefa, if he was added to the 50 man roster for uh, for Japan, which they've been recruiting him, like he, he might make the team. He might not, he probably would, but like the 28 man final roster. But if he, if someone like that, that's like kind of on the fringe commits to Japan, DR Venezuela, it's, it's not as impactful as, as another country because everybody wants to play for them anyways. It sounds to me like, I guess we're just going to bash MLB here. And <laughs> yep. Yes, but, sir. Let's do it. So, okay. So my understanding, and I'm, I'm, you probably know this too. My understanding is when they took baseball out of the Olympics, MLB was like, I guess it was Bud Selig at the time, was like, okay, well, we'll just do our own thing and make it like a global game. And I think that's a great idea. And obviously we love it. 
but they're not like marketing it that way. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I was saying, and I feel like it's one of those things where like, it shouldn't fall on you to, I mean, I guess it's not falling on you cause you don't have to do anything, but like, it shouldn't be your job <laughs> to, to market, you know, like you shouldn't be, yeah. if that makes sense. So like, definitely. You know, is that like an American failing? Because like you said, there are a lot of Spanish speaking and, and Japanese uh, outlets that are doing it. Like, is it just people in the U S don't care? Kind of like the world cup, like the world cup's huge around the world, but not in the U S like, what do you, what do you think the problem is that the world baseball classic isn't as big as it should be? Or it yeah, could be I, a lot of things together. I think it is a couple different things. I, from my understanding too, I, I believe that the WBC was born out of like, Oh, not in the Olympics anymore. Like we need to fill that gap of international baseball. Somehow we need to have our own tournament. And then like, there's always been this goal to like be like the world cup, but the marketing is totally lacking compared to the yeah. world cup. Like if, I don't know if you saw, follow international soccer at all, but like there is world cup content year round 24 seven, even in the years that the, the tournament's not happening. Like it, right. It does not matter if if it's three years away. Like there is always there are always people covering it. Like there are full like YouTube channels dedicated to like. And granted, there are like friendlies, like international friendlies that are always happening, or like qualifiers for the World Cup that baseball doesn't have. Um, but there's, yeah, I, I honestly do think it it is a MLB, and I guess we are going to just bash the MLB this time. Um, yeah, we are. I think it is just yeah. like an MLB issue with marketing which i mean we've talked about for forever with the mlb itself like they don't yeah that's not unique to the world (laughs) baseball classic they have a marketing issue with almost everything they get their hands on so yeah because there are there are japanese twitter pages that i follow that like 10 minutes after they tweet out something about the wbc there's already like five thousand likes on it so there are a ton of people in japan that follow these pages or I don't know if you'll follow him. Hector Gomez tweets out like all, all like Latin American, Spanish speaking country, WBC content as well, as well as like MLB content. Um, but he, if you, I follow him and he's always on top of things um, or what's his name? I think it's Francis Romero recently because of all of the commitments that Cuba has been receiving the last few days. I follow him and he tweets out all of Cuba's commitments. So it's not a, it's not like every team has this issue. <laughs> it's mostly just I think the American baseball Twitter doesn't doesn't care. Um, right. I think 2017 helped a ton. I yeah. think there's a lot yeah. more people that are excited now than before that, but there's still a long way to go. Mm. Well, I think part of it, at least here, might be that like until 2017, even the players didn't take it seriously. Yeah, like the sure. American team was a bunch of like b tier guys yeah, mark derosa yeah in the first couple it was kind of like <laughs> yeah, it was yep. a kevin euclid mark derosa like jimmy rollins like when he was starting to get like kind of old and it's like yeah. okay guys you know we have like way better players than this and we haven't sent one out and then in 2017 they actually put out a good team and they yeah. you know and they won and it was cool yeah. So, you know, maybe, I mean, this year, the American team looks like it's going to be just absolutely loaded. Yeah. And it's going to have like, you know, all stars. So maybe, maybe that will uh, push up American interest in it more. Yeah. Maybe. I hope so. This is like the first time that I think we've seen. I mean, I would probably say the best player eligible at every position on the field for the U.S., 
Um, I it's you could have some debates about like I guess outfield now that Bryce Harper might not be playing. Well, I right. guess he's not playing with his yeah. surgery. Oh no, oh, no. Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, oh no, Kyle Tucker. Or yeah, I or, guess we're just gonna have to get like the second best player at that position. Like, that's, that's what we want. You know what I mean? Like that's what we want because even yeah. the 2017 team. Like had some holes. Like Adam Jones was good. Ian Kinsler was good and stuff. But they were still pitching like Pat Nishek, you know. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, and, and I know pitching's different be, because of the way it's set up. But yeah. like they were still playing Eric Hosmer, who like I don't like Eric Hosmer. I don't know about you, but like I don't yeah. like. Yeah, talk about. I mean, he was B tier then. Now right. He's like D. Yeah. Now he's like F tier. Yeah. But, but like. <laughs> But, like, I think it's different now, where now it's, like, Paul Goldschmidt, Will Smith. Like, now they're having battles where it's, like, who are you going to start, Real Muto or Will Smith? Like, that's, yeah. what, that's what you want, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, um, and that, what you just said right there, they're going to have a battle between who do you want is what Twitter feeds on, and no one's talking yeah. about that. So, like, at right. one point, I was, like, here are Will Smith's stats. Here are JT Real Muto's stats. Who do you want to start for Team USA? And then people went crazy about that because all of the Dodgers fans were like, obviously, there's only one catcher in all of baseball. It's it's Will Smith. And then right. all of the rest of baseball Twitter was like, no, JT Real Muto is the best catcher in baseball. So right. it just like that, people talk about it. But if no one is tweeting that out, if MLB is not tweeting that out, if Fox Sports MLB isn't tweeting that out. Who is now like Fox Sports is going to have the full coverage in the U.S. So they should be tweeting out more as well. Right. Um, they if no one's talking about that, then those conversations aren't happening. Right. So so let me get your thought. This is a little off topic, but I just I just wanted to ask you about it. Uh, one criticism that you see levied against the WBC a lot is people will say, well, it's not about citizenship. It's just about like random guys, you know, so Israel have any Jewish guy or yeah. this guy can play for like the Netherlands because his like great grandfather was Dutch or whatever, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. And some like I understand the whole idea is uh, baseball is very like segregated for lack of a better term to certain countries and so other countries just aren't going to stand a chance when you go up against Japan and the US and that kind of thing. So you got to broaden the rules to get better players eligible yeah but some people really don't like that give me give me your opinion on the loose eligibility requirements yeah i think that i think y'all mentioned this in the episode that i listened to last time uh it i don't i didn't realize how passionate people were one way or another about the eligibility rules so i didn't even really think that was a bad that big of a deal when i first started posting things and then people were like why the heck is this guy even on this team like he's never he doesn't speak spanish or he's never been to israel um i think that what y'all touched on it, uh, if you're going to grow baseball in a new country you're not I mean, you need more players than that new baseball country's own players to be able to compete in any realistic way. Like they're mm -hmm. not going to make it through qualifiers and they're never going to make it to the WBC if they don't have other Jewish players from the MLB to help them, like help prop them up and, and actually like succeed in the tournament. So I, I think for where baseball is globally right now and where the WBC is right now, I think it has to be more lenient. I think ideally like someday down the road, it, we would like for it to be more like your own homegrown players represent more of the roster. So like in, um, I believe in like German soccer, you have to have like a certain amount of players on your team that are like actually homegrown from Germany. Mm -hmm. So maybe like something like that, like a quota of, of, of players on the roster. I don't know what that looks like or if that's right. even like realistic or not. Um, but I don't know, like the Czech Republic has all homegrown players, but if they could get a couple yeah. other MLB players to play with them, they might do even better. They don't right. need it. They qualified with all homegrown players, which is like a, such a cool story in itself. Um, whereas Germany didn't, 
even though like they they have some good players from home but they have other good like german descent players in the u.s so mm-hmm. i think where it is right now it needs to be more lenient and i like seeing the best like the best product on the field no matter what so i want to see those players play for the countries um i'm mexican-american so like i would play for the u.s but if if i had to play like if i had if they had one option if they needed me and baseball wasn't big in the, in Mexico, I would probably play for Mexico because I, I'm I still identify as Mexican too. So I don't know. It's, it kind of bugs me when people are like, that dude's never been to Italy. Like he's not Italian when clearly if he's playing for team Italy, he at least somewhat identifies as Italian. Right. Yeah, it's right. not like a, you know, like a Polish American guy who's like, eh, I'm just going to get on the Italian roster just so I can play. Yeah. Right, you know, <laughs> Well, and I think one of the things, and I try to point this out to people anytime I see it on like Reddit or Twitter or whatever. Well, one of the things, because I remember reading about Israel and people would complain about this. And one of the things that was interesting to me was I think they earned like a million dollars somewhere around there from like where they finished. There's like prize money and it's split. So half of it goes to the players. Great job. Awesome. Here's some money. And then half of it goes to the program to like build baseball fields and pay for equipment and stuff. So it might be like a mercenary kind of mindset, but if you can get a better team and try and get more prize money to like grow the program, isn't that what you want to do? That's the whole goal. Yeah. The way that I look at it is that they have to get it to a point, you know, like it probably would be better if they could do like homegrown players, but they do have to get it to a point where like, if you're going to have a quota, like where it isn't just, Oh, okay. Then the United States is going to win or the Japan's going to win, which admittedly, you know, the tournament is a little bit still at that point anyway. But like, if you have a homegrown player quota, then teams like Spain or like Great Britain, it's like, okay, well, then they're just never going to do anything. Yeah. You know, the US, the Dominican Republic and Japan are going to be even more the only ones that are ever going to have a chance. So until you get to a point where, yeah, you are growing the game there, then you probably do have to just go with like, listen, you have to just get the best players on the field, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's more entertaining. It, it, you have the best players on the field for every team. Um, It is, I guess, unfortunate for the teams that don't take like for the Czech Republic, for example, like they're not going to really take any MLB players on their roster, maybe like one, two, or like a couple affiliated players. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't guess that they're going to do very well in the WBC because they don't have like super high level affiliate players. Not that that's like the only thing that matters, but um, I don't know. I, I think long, long term, if the WBC continues to succeed for years, um, the goal is to have as many homegrown players as possible, not for the tournament, but just as proof that baseball is even growing in that country. So I don't know for now and for the foreseeable future, I'm all for, Italian Americans playing for Italy or like Jewish Americans playing for Israel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And and the thing that I always think about is um, I did a couple of articles on the Greek national team and I talked to their manager and their GM and their bench coach. And they were always talking about how difficult it is to get guys to play in tournaments because you have to be a citizen to play in these European tournaments. And they yeah. were like, you don't have any money. So it's really expensive to like yeah. go- go to Greece and do these things and get your citizenship and everything. So they were like, we kind of just have to take what we can get. I mean, they didn't say that They're, Of course they were like, Oh, our guys are great, but like, you're not always going to get the best guys because people aren't going to deal with that, you yeah. know? But they were like, if we can get in the WBC, which they haven't yet, but they were like, if we can get in the WBC, then we could get like Moustakis and Mitch Hanniger and uh, I forget, like there were a couple other guys. I think Sam Huff on the Rangers Greek, but they were like, we mm-hmm. get all these guys and, and not have to make them go through all the shenanigans. 
you yeah. know what I mean? and just say uh, you're, you're in you know so it's like i think it's good that way too just for the program to like get the notoriety you know and i remember yeah. one of the things that that this guy said the bench coach which he was like we sent mike mustaka some gear and he wore it around like batting practice and we like put that all over social media and i was like that's, that's what awesome because if you're mike mustaka it's like 10 seconds you're like all right great you put on the hat and you take a couple pictures <laughs> but then that's their marketing for like the next year you know what i mean of being like be like moose <laughs> yeah so I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just disagree with people when they when they get all bummed about it. But I guess I understand because if you're a fan from like the Dominican Republic, then you're like, well, these guys are cheating because all our guys are Dominican. So I don't know. It's right. just... I didn't realize how much educating I feel like I would need to be doing on Twitter of the eligibility requirements <sighs> because almost every tweet's like, wait, that dude's not from that country. Why is he playing on their team? Did they just want to add him to the team with like no connection? But like, I, I just didn't realize that there is no knowledge of like how the eligibility even works because every, like, I don't know, it was weird. Well, and the problem is it's different for every country because the only rule really yeah. is to be eligible to be a citizen. So I think you pointed out yeah. at one point that um, like the Netherlands is like really stringent. I don't remember what the rules were, but it was like really, really difficult. And then Israel, it's only up through your grandparents. And then after that, you don't qualify for law of return. So like Chris Bryant, I think, has a Jewish great grandparent. But that mm. doesn't count. Yeah, that's right. like one generation too far. But then I know for talking to these Greek guys, it's like if you can point point to anybody ever that's been Greek, <laughs> make it work. So like it's it's different for everybody, which I guess benefits some people more than others. But like it's very confusing. Whereas the Olympics is just do you have a passport? Great. Yeah. If not right. if not. Um that's how Italy is too. They it's just like find someone in your family that was Italian at one point and right. you're on the team right. pretty much. <laughs> it's like, hey, have you ever made a pizza before? Come on <laughs> yeah, down. Or eaten a pizza before. Yeah. 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 Uh, listen, it it comes with the DNA in it. Yeah. It <laughs> the Netherlands, you're right, it is a is pretty sp- different than a lot of the other countries that are uh that are in the tournament because I, I didn't realize this until I looked it up, but their citizenship requirements, it's like your parents have to be from the kingdom of the Netherlands or or you, or you don't really, you, there's not really any way to get citizenship. It's pretty strict. Like even your grandparents, if your grandparents are from the Netherlands, you you can't be a citizen. So now granted they have um, like Curacao. So players from Curacao are on the Dutch team. Right, yeah, um, they're doing okay. <laughs> so they'll, they'll be fine. But it's it's interesting because like Italy, I had a, heck of a time making that uh, dream team roster because I just it was like anybody that's Italian at, at one point basically yeah. so like none, none of these players that are, pro- are actually going to be on the team but they're all like eligible for Italy and I don't right. even know if Mike Piazza has reached out to them or not but right. it's interesting well it's hilarious because you'll get like Joey Lucchese and Trey Mancini and Sam Heck <laughs> and you're like wait a minute that one's not that that like, that's, that's a weird one that doesn't sound Italian <laughs> So, Sean, who do you like for the tournament? Who do you think is going to go further than anybody expects? Yeah, so, I mean, the two teams that everybody's freaking out about, Team USA and the Dominican Republic, are, like, obviously the two teams that I think most people expect to uh, to make it the farthest, make it to the championship. Um, mm-hmm. I think the two teams that are baseball countries that everybody knows have good teams, um, but I don't think that people realize how competitive they might be in the WBC are first Venezuela, um, and specifically because of their pitching. Actually, you could say this about both teams. Venezuela, I think it should be considered like a top tier team, like with those other teams. Okay. Um, the reason for that, let me pull up the graphic. They are going to have 
better pitching probably than the U.S. Unless the U.S. actually gets some like all stars to commit at at Mark DeRosa, please hurry up and get pitching. Um, mm-hmm. Merrill Kelly, I, not enough. Yeah, I, Merrill Kelly's like, great for a game. <laughs> I like <laughs> at Mark DeRosa. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've uh, tweeted at him a couple times, actually. Um, so if you look at their rotation, they have so so far just committed already. And this isn't including like other like rumored players or probably players that will probably commit. So they have Pablo Lopez, who's okay. very solid in a WBC, WBC setting. Uh, Ranger Suarez. I know you all okay. are fans. Yeah, uh, we like we like Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus Lazardo. So okay. all two lefties. Uh, I don't think that any other team has two lefty starting pitchers, which is really interesting. Um, I think that top three is one of the better top three like rotations in the tournament. Um, the DR has is, is absolutely stacked with their pitching. Um, Mexico has really good pitchers too, but um, I think that they they have a lineup also that is just like so contact hitter like small ball like they have jose altuve uh luis arias andres jimenez miguel rojas like all of these guys that can just get on base that i think that they can just really easily put together like a bunch of uh like inning by inning like an, a, a run or two um and then i don't think that pablo lopez or jesus lazaro ranger suarez is really going to give up that many runs to anybody but the top tier teams so i don't know i expect them to go pretty far the other one is mexico uh, Mexico also has really good pitching, but if I go to their roster, I don't think that people realize that. I think the the consensus is that Mexico is like decent at baseball, but right. unless I I don't I see it being the U.S. and Mexico coming out of that pool. So um, I think they have Colombia, uh, Canada, and one other team I'm missing in Pool C, uh, but. One of the qualifiers. It says qualifier three. Uh, this is yeah. This would be pool C for the for the tournament. Uh, let me see. Yeah, who's qualifier? Great C? Britain. Okay. Great Britain. Yes. There we go. Yep. There they are. So I actually like. Um, yeah, I feel like Colombia is like under the radar. They were really exciting last time, and they just got stuck with the U.S. and the DR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me look at their team so far. I do like Colombia, and they're still waiting on some commitments as well. Colombia has. Uh, Gio Urshela, Harold Ramirez, Donovan Solano, and then they have three catchers already, which is interesting because they don't have oh, like yeah. many other uh, position players, but they have all three of their catchers. They have Jorge Alfaro, uh, Elias Diaz, and Sandy Leon. So, okay. I mean, those are all – not every team's going to have like a full field of MLB players, and right. Columbia does, so I think they're pretty right. underrated. Yeah. I think uh, – I don't – you know, obviously, I don't know where the uh, knowledge level of whoever's listening to this is. Some of these names don't sound that impressive if you're just like an MLB fan. Like Jesus Lazardo, I think, was kind of bad last year. But a lot of these teams that aren't the United States or, you know, the Dominican Republic are filled out with, you know, AAA, like A level guys. And against somebody like Jesus Lazardo, those guys are going to have a lot harder time than like Bryce Harper would. So, yeah. you know, somebody like Luzardo or these uh, catchers that you just named who aren't like, you know, stars at the major league level, their impact should be amplified in yeah. this sort of setting. So that's why, you know, we're talking about people like Sandy Leone. <laughs> <laughs> Normally wouldn't make an appearance on this podcast. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, so, that's a good that's good to call out because I I think that that when people see like the DR in the US they assume like every team is going to be have like names that they recognize. Um mm. but that's that's definitely the exception. That's not the rule to this tournament. So um well, that's, that's kind of what makes it fun, you know. Oh yeah, I love it. Well, and the thing is too is I'm glad to see more like fringe major league guys committing because like Israel obviously I followed a lot last time and they made a, a, a Cinderella run with a yep. bunch of ex big leaguers like Sam Fold, Mike Davis and stuff Dude, and then my boy Nate Fryman yeah Nate Fryman right and then a lot of like minor league guys so I'm really glad to see like obviously if you're Israel you want Freed and you want Bregman but it's also yeah. really good to see like a guy like Danny Valencia I don't know if he committed but like I know he played for them in the past um or like like Jake Bird on the Rockies I didn't know who that was before he committed, but I was like, that's a major league. Yeah. Like they didn't have a Jake bird last time. They didn't have Richard Blyer last time. So like just that, I feel like really upgrades the talent pool because every team is starting to get guys like that. Like Harold Ramirez is like, okay, in the majors, but uh, if he's facing off against like great Britain, he's probably gonna rake, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, and you like, look at, like as an example, like, you know, for the eight people who watched the qualifier games, uh, like Spain was a behemoth in yeah. their qualifier pool. And the best player on their team was like Enhel Beltre. And it, like, and like then Noel V. Marte, who hasn't even made it to the majors. Like he's like 18 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they were talking about like what a what a beast this guy is. So like, dude, I don't think the Czechs are gonna be able to get him out, man. Yeah. He's in like double A. But then <sighs> the best part was the Czech Republic beat them. Yeah, I that. love that. I hope that even with all the lack of marketing, that the MLB tries to highlight team like the Czech Republic because it's just I feel like it was so improbable for them to get past Spain and the fact that they're going to be in this tournament is awesome 100 percent well it was... that really is that's the perfect example of what we were talking about earlier because the Czech Republic is a team where you don't know anybody on there and maybe yeah. in the BBC they'll get a couple of guys but like on their qualifier team you don't know a single name but they're homegrown guys. They pro- a, a lot of them play in the minor leagues. They play in the Czech league, and and like they're decent. Whereas yeah. Spain, I don't think Spain itself in the country has a, a flourishing baseball program. But they got a lot of Latin American guys. They had some ex big leaguers, and that makes them like a better team on paper. And that really is the divide between yeah. how how do you want to construct your team? I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. But like that's what Agreed. I'm up in arms about. I think sort of the Agreed. Cinderella story there does call back a little bit to what we were talking about too, about like with that divide, a lot of the time there's probably no reason not to do it homegrown, but then you see the Czech Republic does it all homegrown. And then they're like, until somebody wins, they're probably going to be the biggest story of the world baseball classic, like news cycle. Yeah. Cause I think everybody thought they were going to be like, Hey, good try guys. You know, you put up a couple runs, you know, you really, you really gave them what for <laughs> and they, they advanced. So we're going to see them on the world stage. It's pretty cool. I'm so excited. I, it's so funny because people will tweet at me like, Hey, who do you know that's going to commit to Czech Republic? And I'm like, I don't know a single name. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I don't know anybody on that team, but that's so cool to me that we're going to see like, I, all these new... I feel like Eric Sogard has been involved in their program before, but yeah, I don't know what it was off the top of my head, but even yeah. Eric Sogard would be like a coup. Yeah. For them. Yeah, you know what? Look out world. <laughs> or, uh, from what you were, from what you were saying earlier, you were saying, I don't know if they're going to take these guys. Are they sort of like a holdout of being like, no, we have our Czech baseball program. We're sticking with our guys. Is that the mindset? I have, I'm still trying to get a feel for their team. Um, I, I think they find a lot of pride in having a full homegrown team, but 
I'm, I probably used the wrong word, take them, because uh, I, I think if there was the opportunity for them to commit and want to play for the Czech Republic, like they would a thousand percent want them to play. So like another one would be Ryan Stanek. He has talked about playing for the US, but he's also eligible for the Czech Republic. Um, and I've seen like one or two Czech baseball Twitter accounts that like say that they would love for him to play. So I think if they had the opportunity, they would absolutely bring them. What are some other um, outstanding commitments that you think could be like a game changer? Kind of like people saying, I want DeGrom for Team US. Like what are some, who are some guys, maybe not the US because we could just name all-stars, but like other yeah. countries, who are some guys still out there that would really change the landscape of things? Yeah, well, we kind of touched on this earlier. And then also I just put out that Israel video. I think the two biggest ones in the, probably the whole tournament would be Bregman and Max Fried just because like they are their all-star level. Like they are going to be the best with, they're the best of the best in the MLB, at least across their career. So if they were able to commit to Israel, I think Max Fried in front of Dean Kramer and Robert Stock would, would really, really boost that rotation. Just like a dominant starter for at least one game, every few games, Bregman would be like the three hole, I would assume. Um, So, those two guys for Israel, um, I th- so the last two days have been crazy with WBC com- commitments because of Cuba uh, kind of dropping a bomb on us of like actually allowing Cuban defected MLB players to join the 50-man roster. Okay. So where I think that if you were to look at like my power rankings three days ago, I had Cuba near the bottom of the 20 teams. Like I didn't think mm. they were really going to do much. And now I think they're, they might actually be underrated because most seems like a lot of their lineup is going to be rounded out by MLB players or at least like affiliated players. Yeah. So I don't know. There's, uh, I, I don't think that like your Don's going to commit. I don't think that like Yuli has had a bunch of it's, it's all political. Like it's very, right. very politically charged. And even like Cuban fans, a lot of Cuban fans don't like that. These players are committing to play for Cuba. Um, so, but we have like just today, Yoana Cespedes uh, committed to play for Cuba, which is, is he? yeah. <laughs> so he's, so we'll see fun. him. <laughs> see, just, it's fun to see him again. Yeah. Is he going to do what he did with the Mets and just drop himself from the team at some uh, point? And just walk <laughs> out again? <laughs> yeah, they go to his hotel room uh, and he's just not there anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so That's funny. my favorite yeah, I, story. So I, I still can't believe that that's actually a real thing that happened. <laughs> just I walked love, out. That's the kind of thing that you expect to read in a book like 30 years after it happened. Yeah. You know? Like you expect to read that in both. You don't expect to get it in the news the the next day. Um, But yeah, (laughs) yeah. so what did happen with Cuba? Because I don't really understand. I thought there was some sort of law in place that was preventing something. I didn't actually look into it. But was it just the program saying, oh, you guys defected, you're not Cuban anymore? And then they just changed their mind? So I think, honestly, I mean, just U.S. and Cuba relations are – they're they're awful right now. So there's like already that that any business between the two is already going to be a mess. But with the the baseball team itself, like like I think for years, the Cuban baseball federation has said no to bringing any defected players Um, until in recent years, they were 
like considering maybe having players join, but only if they agree with our government. Like as long as they like promote our government, then they can join the team. Right. This is the first year. And just in the, like the last week, people are like, even Cuban fans on Twitter are like really confused by this. They are actually allowing players to join. And on the, the players side, there is a Cuban players association who does not agree at all with the the baseball federation. Um, they're starting to join the team as well. So like just, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, Luis Robert and uh, Eloy, not Eloy, um, What's his name? Juan Makata. Both just committed from the White Sox. Really? Okay. I, I'm still trying to figure out if they are, like, if, if the Cuban Baseball Federation is actually going to want to bring all baseball players. Because from what I understand, a lot of these players that are committing from the MLB have spoken out against the government in Cuba. So I don't know right. what their line is now. Right. But it seems like now they're allowing them to play. There are a lot of players that still don't want to represent that country because a lot of that money just funnels into the the government, the, the right. money that the team makes, the federation makes. So it's all so politically charged and like even Cubans don't agree on what the team should do. But I just honestly, I just hope that this doesn't create like this big rift between players in the MLB, like Luis Robert going to like, Yuli Gurriel and them like having now having conflict and never talking because one of them wanted to represent the other one didn't. I don't know what those relations look like, but it's going to be really interesting because now Cuba is looking pretty good. Like their team. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that is a very confusing situation and, and it is just a one-off because no other, no other country has that problem, you know, just is the guy. willing. So what do you think? Because we talked about this earlier about how the U S people didn't care um you know pl- players i mean didn't care what do you think has changed is it just that the u.s won and now people like want to be part of it or like like what do you think has changed mm. about the wbc specifically with team usa yeah I, f- I feel like overall it's probably changing not japan they were always good but yeah. even, i feel like every country's starting to get the best of the best but the, the u.s in particular like what do you think is making it more desirable i guess for these guys yeah that's a good question i I'm like inclined to believe that it is like because of the U S winning the tournament that they're like, Oh shoot. Like this is something that we won that we can enjoy to like watch from a, like a fan standpoint. Um, I, I would say for specifically team USA, Mike Trout's commitment changed a lot because he was the first player to commit. And after that, we saw a flood of other like top all-star MVP caliber players commit. Um, so when he, when Mike Trout came out and said like, "Hey, awesome! Like 2017, this this looks like a fun thing, but I'm not going to play. I think it's best for me to just like stick to spring training." Um, there was still this like sense of, well, I mean, this is a cool tournament, but we don't have the best, so it's not. We're not going to really take it seriously. And then when Mike Trout came out and said, "Actually, I did regret not playing in 2017. I wish I would have played, and I'm going to play this year." That was when everybody was like, oh, shoot, now we're going to have like the team that we always knew that we could. And I I personally believe that other teams are realizing like, OK, well, now we have to like keep up with them. Right. So whereas the DR, that's never a problem. Japan, that's never been a problem. They're always going to bring their best anyways. Korea. But 
uh, I think that a lot of the teams that have been all sort of on the fringe or have brought most of their good players. Now it's like they're, they want to compete. And now they have to put a push on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and, and you can actually see like, um, I don't want to say like the pressure is getting to them, but like Japan and Korea and places like that, that have well-established super successful baseball programs. It was always NPB guys playing for Japan and they're always good. That There's nothing wrong with that. And same thing with KBO. Um, but now you can see Japan was like, okay, let's reach out to these MLB guys because yeah. they might be a little bit better. And the, the, um, the I think Korea reached out to like Tommy Edmond and yep. Mitch White and guys like that. And they were like, let's just get the best guys we can get because the U.S. is like a juggernaut. I I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because that along with, I think the two biggest storylines, this is like an unprecedented WBC so far because we have Cuban MLB players that are probably going to play for Team Cuba, which we've never seen. And then Japan, who has decades of team like international history um they've they've been playing as a team japan for much longer than the wbc they've never had a player on their team that was born outside of japan and now they are like they've added both steven kwan and lars newtbar to their 50-man roster which are like names that i think casual baseball fans are like oh i thought the npb had much better players than like Lars Newtbar, but right. both of those guys are yeah. solid players. And I mean, Stephen Kwan had a heck of a rookie season, um, but those are both guys. The fact that they're even considering adding them to the, the roster is totally unprecedented in like Japanese team, team samurai Japan history. Right. Um, so same with Korea. Like they added Tommy, Fa Tommy, Tommy fam, Tommy Edmund to the, uh, the 50 man. So it's, I think you're right. The pressure is really getting to a lot of different teams and Japan, like their fans are for the most part supportive. A lot of fans are still like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about adding these players. Right. But once they see like their team is going to be like more well-rounded and, and compete at a higher level. I think that, I think that everybody's going to be on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, winning cures all. I feel like if these guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. You know, totally. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is absolutely fine. And, I mean, so, Japan is one of those teams that you expect to go to, like, you know, they're probably going to be one of, like, the last four teams standing. You know? Yeah. They're uh, I, they're always really good. So my Like, I think that everybody talks about, on English-speaking Twitter, it's the U.S. and the DR, but Japan is is right there with them. There's mm. it's those top three teams. Like, they're, Japan has won the tournament twice. No other team has won twice. Um, and they will always bring their best players no matter what. Um, and they worked be together better as a team more than like better than any other country because they play together so often. Mm -hmm. So like they have a bunch of friendlies. Like I think they just played against Australia last week in a friendly yeah. just because they can. Oh, a little bit of a mismatch, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. That's like, hey, yeah, I was trying to go batting practice this, uh, heavyweight fight that I had. So uh, I got my three year old son in the ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, we, I just beat him down. Uh, Everything was fine. But but even a country like Australia and that that's another good example of, of a country with they have their own domestic league. They have some guys like Liam Hendricks, but like they're they're not on the level of, of the U.S. and they're not even on the level of, you know, Columbia, right? Because Columbia is kind of like a mid-tier. Australia is a, a little below that. Yeah. Um, but right. you see that, and I don't know if this is WBC related. 
I don't, I don't live in Australia, but you can see the baseball is growing and you can see the league is growing because like before the pandemic, cause that kind of ruined everything. But before that, their ABL season, the Australian baseball league, they had like Manny Ramirez commit to come play down there. And Francisco Alvarez, oh, a top prospect in baseball was set to go down and play. And then the pandemic yeah. ruined that, but like, that's huge. That kind of thing. Obviously yeah. that Australian, you know what I mean? Like that, that's not team Australia, but like that's showing that like the, the game's growing, you know? And I think right. that's good. And I feel well, like and, uh, didn't Korea commit a team to play in the ABL too? Yeah, they have a Korean farm. Team. Sorry, now I'm I really like the ABL, so now I'm going off. But yeah, they, I want to hear this. Have they have eight teams, and one of them is called Geelong Korea, and it's just it's just Koreans, and it's it's like a farm team. They send their young guys there to like get some reps over the winter, and then you know they go back and play in the KBO, and I think that's huge. And I, I know they've been in talks with starting a team in Japan, but but my point is, um. Do you think the WBC is doing a good job of that kind of thing, of just establishing fans, money, that kind of thing in these countries where it's not as huge, like the U.S. doesn't need any help, but places like that? What do you think? Yeah, I think that I think they're doing a good job of growing the game in a lot of these teams that or countries that aren't like historically good baseball countries um, or, or just don't have that much of a, uh, I guess, baseball foundation. I think there's definitely like room to grow. Um, I think about, so, you know, I mean, you, you have much more knowledge on Australian baseball than I do. I, I know that you just put out that article um, with, with, with their team. So that was a, that was a good read. I yeah. recommend listeners to go read that. But um, for example, like another t- uh, country would be Brazil, who I was so upset that they did not qualify me too mm. oh bomb i love that team so much and my wife is brazilian and so like we were like watching like all the games and um and like i went down to brazil last year uh, actually it was earlier this year um and there's just like su- there's no um publicity when it comes to baseball like throughout the country except for like these small little pockets of like baseball communities mostly japanese which we can go we can go into that Mm. later if we want that's like a long story the fact that there's like so many japanese uh brazilians but when they uh when they qualified i believe in 2013 there was a big boost uh throughout the country in brazil of of just baseball uh i guess people just knowing about baseball learning about what baseball even is um barry larkin is like kind of heading everything down there he's like really committed to growing brazilian baseball so they're like i think there's like once a team qualifies for the wbc it's it's the same as like the world cup if your team qualifies for the world cup the next couple years there's a huge influx of resources and and money that normally follows because it's just like oh now they're on the global stage like people are watching this team people recognize it so is that is that a like a governmental decision because i remember one of the things that one of the greek guys was telling me was that greece doesn't care because it's not an olympic sport so when greece was uh when greece held the olympics in 2004 it kind of helped because it it was in athens the government was like okay we want to be good at everything because the olympics are here so they gave some and people cared and now the baseball's out of the olympics greece is like well we don't care because we just care about the olympics we don't care about the wbc so is it a government decision like if brazil qualifies then the government's like okay go ahead here's some money or is it different for everybody i'm not sure i i think it is different for everyone um i'm not sure if there are like funds that the mlb has like allocated to teams that qualify or like teams that go to a certain like I guess uh, how far they go in the tournament. Um, I think for 
Brazil specifically, there was, I think in the, maybe like 2010 or so, give or take a year or two, um, they, the MLB did like send a group of, of people to kind of start like a baseball camp or like a, almost like a scouting slash like training camp that is affiliated with the MLB um, mm. that kind of faded away after they didn't qualify in 2017. Um, but I think it just depends on the country. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so here's another question I have, and I read an article and I thought this was hysterical. I don't know if this is true, but I read an article saying that Barry Larkin is in charge of uh, baseball, Brazil. What I don't know what the umbrella term is, yeah. but he's in charge of that. And, and they were basically drawing these connections between saying Barry Larkin doesn't have any connection to Brazil. Barry Larkin is not from Brazil. He like, there's no reason that he should care, but all of a sudden he took this job and then his daughter started to have like her singing career on all these Brazilian commercials. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. This is all alleged. I don't want to get <laughs> Barry Larkin, but if that's true, I actually kind of love it because I don't know if that's illegal. Like, I don't know what like the ramifications of that are, but if it's just Brazil pulling out all the stops going, we want Barry Larkin, whatever we got to do. Yeah. I love that. You know what I mean? I love it too. I I don't know what came first, whether it was Barry Larkin or his daughter, like being in Brazil. I know they both kind of happened at the same time. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I I love it. Steve Finley is actually was the manager this year for qualifiers because Barry Larkin was. Oh really? I forgot what he was. Yeah. Uh, what, what he was probably he doing? Been her singing career. Yeah. 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 He <laughs> probably was, he was in <laughs> deep negotiations. So that's that's at the what time. I was going to ask about because because Barry Larkin. Okay, may, maybe it was maybe it was just a, a I don't want to say bribe, but maybe it was just a you know that kind of thing. Um, but also it could be you know maybe his daughter started a singing career down there. He fell in love with Brazil. Who knows? But but also um. Dante Bichette, his wife's Brazilian son, and he was involved. Bo Bichette played in 2017 for them. Um, like you said, Steve Finley's the manager. I think Latroy Hawkins coaches for them. Yep. Uh, Tim Tim and Christian Lopes are MLB guys. Like they have yep. for a country that, like you said, doesn't have a lot of baseball engagement, didn't qualify. I feel like they have a ton of like MLB engagement. And another country that that did this that I think is so weird is New Zealand because New Zealand's never had a big leaguer. Yeah. Um, they don't have like really a good team. But their coaching staff is always loaded with big leaguers. And I don't understand what the connection is. Obviously, somebody in a high place has some sort of connections. But every single time, New Zealand has, like, big leaguers on their coaching staff. So, like, what do you think the deal is there with Brazil? I don't know if you know about New Zealand, but Brazil you're talking about. Like, what do you think is going on there that, like, the infrastructure's in place? It's just the talent on the field that hasn't quite Yeah, Yeah, I don't know much about, uh, like, the New Zealand team or their federation. But with Brazil, I – I've also kind of wondered this. I wonder if it is just like seeing the potential that there is like the potential market that you could have in Brazil. Brazil is massive right. and there are freakish athletes across the country. Everyone that plays soccer mostly. Um, but then like all of these other athletes that are like maybe not quite as good to make the top soccer team or to make like the, the, the national, uh, the national team. They just like, everybody plays soccer. All of these athletes that now don't do anything, they don't play cause they're not good enough to play, um, for the soccer league there, but they don't have any other sport that they really commit to. And so I think that maybe the MLB was just like, well, that's this mat, the biggest country in South America, totally untapped when it comes to baseball, like presence. So let's just send a couple MLB players and like baseball minds to go try to grow right. it. 
That's right. my guess is that they were just like, I see this massive country. No one likes baseball. So let's make them like baseball. <laughs> right now. Here's- in like a part of the world where, you know, it's not like there's no baseball presence in South America and Central America and such. So you would think, you know, Brazil is a pretty obvious like, oh, why don't we try to tap this market? Because yeah. I think what was it? What is it? The fifth largest country in the world by yeah, population. It's massive. Or like even if you get like, oh, just a little bit of engagement. Ten like, percent of Brazil. That's massive. So yeah. here's Exactly. Question. Yeah. Do you think that works? Because the way I always think about it, and I think it's wonderful that they're getting Barry Larkin to go down there and do stuff. But the way I think about it is if Australia sent a bunch of rugby superstars to the U.S., I don't think I would care still. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure maybe little kids, you could get more involved, and that's the goal. But, like, do you think that works, just sending Barry Larkin down and going, he's a Hall of Famer, listen. Like, does that work? I'm, I think normally, no, I don't think that there's like, if you don't even, if you don't know what baseball is, then there, you have no idea who Barry Larkin is. Like right, that's, yeah. that's not a name that is going to like ring a bell, like Tom Brady, like people know who Tom Brady is in, in, in Brazil. Like he's, yeah. he well was married to like the most famous Brazilian celebrity pretty much ever Giselle. Right. Um, and he but, was a guy who had $650 million until recently. Yeah right <laughs> yep exactly so like the big names sure they'll know football they'll know like i don't know maybe they'll know Derek jeter but other than like the there's not gonna know barry larkin the only right. reason i think that it might work in brazil is because there is that japanese population outside of japan the biggest japanese community is in brazil there's a i forgot what it is like a couple million japanese the japanese population in brazil there's like 1.5 million japanese descent um brazilians in in the country which is the largest japanese population outside of japan um and so because of that there is somewhat of a baseball presence but it's it's very specific to the japanese brazilian communities Mm -hmm. so if you like it's it's so funny because people that don't follow like any brazilian baseball um I guess outlets you'll look at a Brazilian roster and you'll see like all of these Brazilian names. And then you'll see just like a Japanese name, like stuck in there. So like, you'll see like Gabriel Maciel, Jan Gomes, Bo Bichette, Tim Lopes. And then you'll see like, uh, like Bo Takahashi, right? which right. people were like, wait, that's not Brazilian at all. Um, like, but yeah, that's pretty clear cut Japanese. That is on here. clearly, or like gun Omosako. Like, you know, you know where they're from. Uh, Or at least where that name is from. So I think because of that, the Japanese Brazilian foundation that is in Brazil was really receptive to MLB sending their resources and sending their people over. Um, And so I think that's that. And then also Jan Gomes was the first MLB player that was uh, born in Brazil. And he, I think his first year was 2012. So ever since then, it's like, oh, wow, this is actually possible for a Brazilian like a Brazilian born player to make it to the top level of a sport other than soccer or like volleyball. So I think because of that, it is starting to grow a lot more. Um, It's a massive country. So there's still plenty of um, untapped potential, but it's, I I would say it's, it's working to an extent, but I just wish that they would have qualified because that would have boosted their publicity so much more. I think that this, hopefully this doesn't, like stop the momentum that they had yeah. right so the stakes are pretty high for qualification in this yeah uh in this world 
I, I, I yeah. do think it's good though. Like, yeah, I am bummed that Brazil didn't make it, but it. I do think it's good though that Panama and Nicaragua got in because it, in the other qualifier bracket, Great Britain and and the Czech Republic were kind of underdogs, and Great Britain was a lot of non-British players, and the mm-hmm. Czech Republic didn't really have any guys with name value. I think it's good that Panama can recruit some big leaguers and Nicaragua can recruit some big leaguers, and that's yeah. countries that that have a solid baseball program to build off of like i do think it's good that they've sort of balanced it out you know i agree i both of those are baseball countries like those they actually have like history uh with having mlb players in uh from their country um i wish there was a way to have all three uh qualify but if you had to have two from that qualifiers in panama it would be those two teams like panama is actually pretty good so i think the first world baseball classic wasn't panama's team like one of the better ones like, I think they had a decent number of major leaguers. I think I so. I, I don't remember their roster. Um, I think they had Carlos Lee, and he yeah. was still like kind of an elite power hitter at the time. Panamanian guy. I think yeah. he might be on the coaching staff this year. Is he? El Caballo? Yeah. Nishan, do you have any insight into how the qualifying process works and i don't mean a team making it through and qualifying i mean like how do you get into the tournament because it seems very arbitrary because there are countries like panama huge baseball country great and then there's like argentina which kind of just snuck in there at the end didn't have any name value pakistan doesn't have any like i don't understand when there are countries out there that aren't even invited to the to the qualifying tournament that probably would have a better you know what i mean yeah, dude, I'm not sure. I that is a great question. I was also wondering the exact same thing. I haven't really looked into it like that deeply because, I mean, the last we heard, it, it was a couple months ago. It was supposed to be the Philippines that was in the qualifiers, and then Argentina was just like, actually, no. Now this team is in, not right. the Philippines. And, and there was no communication on what happened. Like it wasn't like, oh, there wasn't enough money, or they did something wrong. They, you know what I mean. And and the Philippines would have been cool because like they had Tim Tebow and like that would have been so much fun. That's the story right. doesn't matter who qualifies. Tim Tebow played. That's the story. You know what I mean? So it. yeah, it's very. I feel like there's just a lack of like transparency into the process. Of yeah, things happen. I but, think so too. I don't know. I don't know. It could be worse. It could be FIFA where there's now there's too much transparency into well, what yeah. goes on behind the scenes. Right <laughs> now, now we know. Yeah. yeah, MLB isn't corrupt as far as we know. They're just inept. They're just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they have the opposite problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Sean, we've taken up enough of your time. Is there anything that you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to? Anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no. I think. I mean, we covered a good amount of the uh, of the tournament. I'm trying to see if there's any other teams that we like, we haven't talked about at all. I think we haven't really talked about Japan and Korea, which for Americans like they probably know that Japan is supposed to be a powerhouse, but I don't think uh-huh. they really really realize like how how dominant they actually are. Like right. they they will never disappoint in an international tournament. But then also Korea, like they've they've really like they've been on the come up the last few years and the last few WBCs. I think they're really going to compete. Um, Korean baseball is a lot of fun from what I've seen. Like it yeah. seems like they they love hitting home runs and you know making a huge show of it, which is you know one of my favorite things about baseball. So yeah, it's pretty funny because there's like a uh, there's a big rivalry like between Korea and Japan. Like they have a huge baseball rivalry, but mm-hmm. their styles are totally different too. Like Japan's very technical; they're very like small all ball, um, more like detail oriented, and then Korea's like 
flinging the bats up in the air like we see yeah. in the uh, like the Dominican Winter League. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can I bring up a country really fast? Yeah. Can we talk about China? Because Oh my gosh, I was just about <laughs> to say China. <laughs> Here's what the way I view China and I'm sure you know more than I do. No. China seems to me like MLB is going. The NBA made a ton of money off of China. China is a huge market. Let's get them involved and just no one cares. Right, yeah. Except in, in Bruce Chen. Yeah, it, I, it seems like they're just making no headway, but I don't know. You tell me. I have there's this uh like group of different like like a WhatsApp group that I was added to recently of like mm. different baseball minds around like just different uh, federations around the world um that just kind of like look into intel of different different com- uh, countries baseball teams and leagues and everything i asked the guy that runs it he said that they've like done everything that they can to find out every small detail about the chinese wbc team they can't find a single piece of information right. like yeah, i know nothing about the team i know nothing about if they have a roster there was i think the first little bit of news came out yesterday about their their the chinese team um they had like some sort of tournament that acted as a tryout for the wbc team so like i don't even think they real they know who's going to be on the team china i i have heard nothing they're right. like running out of time <laughs> It's like a couple months away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the only thing you can speculate on is like Colton Wong, I think, and his brother are Chinese. I'm sure there are a couple other guys, but like, I don't, I don't know if China has a baseball league. I don't know if there are any Chinese players in minor league baseball. Like, yeah, that, that, that could be my fault. Like that information could be out there, but like, it feels to me like MLB is just trying to latch on to China because it's a huge market and I don't blame them, but it just seems like, yeah. Right. Yeah, they, there's a much bigger baseball uh, like following in Taiwan than there is in China. Like they have the CPBL, right. which mm-hmm. actually a lot of people um, follow, even even in the U.S. It seems like um, so they'll have a decent team. Taiwan, I just I know nothing about China's team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, China does have the unfortunate distinction of being in the same pool as Japan and Korea. So, uh, yep, you know, it's not <laughs> looking wrong. good for them. That's we have wrong. Japan, Korea, Australia, China, Czech Republic. So mm. the clear Which, favorites, Japan, Korea. It seems yeah. like China's not better than any of those teams, though. Probably no. not. I'm assuming what they'll do is, like last time before they changed it to be a 20-team format, if you remember, it was the worst, like the team with the worst record in each uh, bracket will have to qualify again and get kicked back into the qualifiers. Yeah. And then expanded it and went, nah, everybody's back in. And we'll just add four more teams. I'm yeah. just not going to do 24 next year and then 28. Like, I don't think they're going to keep adding to it. So I'm assuming they're just going to go back to the worst team has to qualify again. I don't see China qualifying again. Yeah, I China's back on the qualifying. bubble. <laughs> Which is a shame because it would be really cool if they get baseball started in China. But it yeah. doesn't look like it's going. Mm. I just, I see nothing. Like, I don't see any headway being made. Or I think you might be right that the MLB was just like, let's just try China. Right, and right. see what happens. I don't blame them. Yeah. Right, I mean it worked really well with Japan. You know, like yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't you try it? Yeah, I like, don't Japan's know. probably the second biggest baseball country in the world, right? Yeah, I would like, say so. Yeah, I mean the Dominican Republic loves baseball, but they're not a very big country. Right. Um, is real quick. So, how does Puerto Rico's team look? Because they were really good last time. 
are they still looking to be like a top tier team? Cause I haven't looked into them at all, but so Puerto Rico, I think is going to be really interesting. Um, I, I guess maybe it's a little bit more of a hot take. I actually expect them to disappoint this tournament um, really? for two reasons. One, they don't really have much pitching. They have Jose Barrios and Marcus Stroman. And then after them, those are, I mean, in the WBC, that's fine. Especially Jose yeah. Barrios could be good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know hardly any other like MLB mm-hmm. names other than like relievers that could be on the team. Like they have a good bullpen. They have Edwin Diaz, Alexis Diaz, Jorge Lopez, uh, Michael Givens, but they don't have any starting pitching mm-hmm. really. So maybe they just go with like an opener. Did I, they have Seth Lugo start? He's kind of been like a swing man. Yeah. Yeah. He could start. Yeah. I think he's already committed. Um, it or sounds like they have good enough time. pitching to at least like get them out of like pool play, right? Maybe, yeah. Well, so the pool, that's the that's the thing is I'm a little bit higher on Venezuela, I feel like, than mm-hmm. maybe most. And the pool is Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Israel, and Nicaragua. Oh, okay. So yeah, that is pool. what <laughs> that's what people are calling like the group of death. Yeah, that's so. tough. That's like honestly, yeah. any of those teams could compete, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Nicaragua I feel bad. wouldn't be completely shocked. That's what I was going to say. I feel bad for Nicaragua because they have a pretty good team, but just like having to go against all those other four teams is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's my question because we both like Team Israel. Okay. But I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Almost everybody on my baseball team is from Venezuela. And I like all those guys. So I feel like I'm going to have to be torn between Israel and Venezuela. Who am I pulling for? Well, can't you just pull for both of them to move on? Because two teams will move on. You're, you're going to pull for two teams? What kind of fan are you? Pull for two teams and then hope for a Dominican Republic upset? Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I I would actually, like, the baseball fan in me obviously wants to watch the Dominican Republic advance. Yeah. But then there's always, like, that, you know, version of you that likes underdogs that's like, yeah, I hope the oh, Dominican yeah. Republic gets bumped by, like, you know, by yeah. Israel. It would just be a good story. Are, are there any other teams you wanted to talk about, Sean? I know you got somewhere to be. Uh, yeah, I I got another like five ten minutes. So, um, I I guess we could just talk about. Do y'all want to talk about like who we think will come out of each pool? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Pool A is Taiwan, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Okay. I think Italy is the clear favorite there. Probably Italy and the Netherlands. What do you think? Not Cuba. Oh, if well, Cuba's getting a whole bunch of major leaguers, that's terrible, but not anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. I actually think I'm looking at Cuba. This is the hardest one for me to decide um, because of Cuba. I think I had them not not advancing um, until all of this news came out because Taiwan is will be on home soil. Like that pool is at home, but I just I don't think that they can match up with what. Cuba is seems like they're going to be bringing um, and oh. Italy if they actually get like more major leaguers. Netherlands is also like a a very good uh, I guess option to uh, as a sleeper because they have all of the players from Curacao. Um, right. I got Bogarts from Aruba too. Yeah, and Aruba. So yeah. I don't know if I had to guess right now. I would honestly, I think I would take. Cuba and Netherlands or Cuba and Italy right now, probably Cuba and Netherlands. Cause I know that they're going to bring those guys. Italy okay. is just still so f- up in the air. Like they have a couple, they have some good commitments for so far, but um, 
a lot of the other like a lot of the commitments they have are like single a double a type players so okay right yeah that, that makes sense yeah all right so uh who are you picking ethan who's your your two I still like italy i still like italy i think italy i think the thing that interests me about them is they're really good at getting guys at the beginning of their career so i think jordan romano and brandon nimmo were guys yeah. when they were young and then they were like we'll come back because you guys like gave us a chance and i think if they can get their best guys i really i, I think I, i'm going italy i'm going italy netherlands i'm bumping cuba really okay Ooh. Okay. italy has italy has david fletcher and his brother dominic fletcher which is so okay. fun um they have Vinny pasquantino nick lopez uh sam haggerty uh and then jordan romano matt festa they don't have really much starting pitching yet trey mancini so they're, who's they're the um who's the the cuban starting pitching shaping up to be do we have any idea on that yet because i feel like that might be what decides it i the cube pitching has always been their their uh the hardest thing for them to get um they don't hardly yeah, have any right. like major leaguers let me see yeah i mean like vladimir gutierrez okay so sure, yeah. Cuba's gonna have to hit their way out yeah they, nestor they cortez if he wanted to what was that nestor cortez if he wanted to play uh he's cuban i had no idea yeah He's Cuban and Cuban American. Okay. I'm really bummed that Taiwan didn't get Corbin Carroll. Oh, me that too, was, man. That would have been super cool. I wanted him to play so bad. He, I guess, declined the offer right. recently. Yeah. But so I think I think I'm gonna I might agree with Sean. I might go with uh Cuba and the Dutch. Cuba and the Netherlands. Yeah. I, it feels like a cop out because I don't want to just say what you say, but that you know. <laughs> Like a lot of these well, those, guys those are the Italy, right answers. So a, a lot of these guys right. in Italy, you know, it's like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they advanced, but I think the fact that Cuba is going to be pulling all these major leaguers, you know, probably makes them the favorite in my opinion, like I said, and then the Netherlands yeah. has a lot of established major leaguers on their team. Yeah. Uh, so you guys want to go on to pool B? The, yeah. Uh, probably the easiest one. <laughs> yeah. Japan, Korea, Australia, China, Czech Republic. Yeah, I think we all know what's going to happen. Yeah, there are two now, clear teams. Now, I think we do also know though that uh, a lot of people are going to be pulling for the Czech Republic, even if they don't have a chance. Yeah, personally, I, I want the Czechs to advance, but I know they're probably not going to. I think Australia is significantly better than China and the Czech Republic, and then the Czech Republic is going to be significantly better than China. But I don't think anybody can even. Yeah, I think it's going to yeah. be a foul. It's just going to be like, what are the scores when Japan and Korea advance? Right, right. Yep. Yeah, that, that that one's that one's a shame, and it's in Japan, so you know. yeah, which is yeah, yeah. So pool I mean, C, yeah, pool C, yeah. There wasn't much to say about pool B. Pool C, pool C is similar in that you know the United States is in there, so it's really just who's the other one going to be. Yep. But this is a good one: USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Great Britain. This is a good one. Canada could be interesting if they can get all their guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they can get Freeman, Tyone, if Soroka's healthy, you know what I mean? They're not going to get Vado. Is Vado already committed or is he not playing? 
Votto, I don't think ever wants to play for Team Canada. I don't know really? why, but like in 2017, he was like, "No, nah, I'm not playing." He doesn't. He doesn't want to wear the leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Well, honestly, though, that's not a need. Like they can put Freeman at first. Like they have. Oh, yeah. a, like if they can get that's like the, like both of the Naylor brothers, if they can get Tyler O'Neill, they could they could put up a fight. I don't I don't see them coming out of it. But right. more interesting thing, Great Britain, I think, unfortunately, is. Yeah, they're probably no chance. Yeah. So what yeah. do we think? Like U.S. and Colombia. I think Mexico. I'm interested probably, to see what y'all say. I think Mexico is probably a little bit better than Colombia. I don't think Colombia has a lot of like heritage guys, like U.S. guys to call on. I think it's gonna be all Colombians, and I think all Mexico right. can supplement their roster with the Alex Verdugos of the world. Right. Um, yeah. Classic. I think Mexico is gonna be better than we think, but not quite a top tier team. Does that make sense? Yeah. So who, who other than the United States has the the best pitching in this pool? I think that I think Mexico is probably going to have better hitting than Colombia. Arias, which would be huge, and I and one of the things you mentioned on one of your videos, Sean, was that Roberto Osuna yep. could play, which has been out of the the MLB consciousness for a few years. Yeah, but right. still probably what like thirty years old. Yeah, yeah. dude was killing it in the uh, NPB. He like uh, he's one of the best closers in the entire league and like just he's just been totally off the radar for mlb fans because of well he was really good too it's not like he was ineffective and no it was you know just all the scandals and stuff yeah um yeah but so he'll be there and no colombia could could have quintana julio tehran maybe luis patino uh nabil chrismat is a really good pitcher that nobody cares about by the way (laughs) on on the padres like he could lock down games i feel like for colombia but yeah that's a three-horse race i don't I don't yeah. see Canada and, and well, it, am I correct in assuming that Mexico has a better like pool of hitters to pull from? Yeah. I feel like the Mexican league's guys that you know I am aware of are all hitters. Well, we they are going to have like they'll have the the rest of their depth chart kind of filled out by Mexican league players probably, but they're going to be a full lineup of MLB players pretty much. Yeah, like really? they already have outfield Randy or Rosarena, who is Cuban but a Mexican citizen. Oh, Alex oh, Verdugo, some MF named Randy, some MF named Randy. Yeah, <laughs> some MF. <laughs> um, Isaac Paredes, uh, Rowdy Tellez. You'll probably have the Urias brothers up the middle, Ramon and Luis Urias. Um, Alejandro Kirk hasn't committed yet, but he's expected to. And then Joey Manessas. So like that's pretty much the whole lineup already. Yeah, that's kind of a. That's a little bit of a stacked lineup in the, the yeah. world stage. Yeah. And, and got then you have solid pitchers, right? Like Gallegos, that kind of thing. Yep. Rotation, you already have uh, Julio Urias, Taiwan Walker, and Jose Arquiti. So, Ooh, all guys. That's pretty good. That's really good. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, I that's think, why there's, you know I would what? say they're underrated. You know what? I think that Mexico is shaping up to be the, the pretty clear number two here. Yeah, the more yeah. we talk about I, it, I like Colombia. I thought they were super fun last time. I really liked watching them, but yeah, you've you've sold me on Mexico. Yeah, yeah. all right. Oh. I, people aren't realizing Mexico is going to really show up, and and then you have the bullpen of Roberto Osuno, Giovanni Gallegos, and then Andres Munoz, who took pitching ninja by storm this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. I'm sure have a bunch of other big leaguers that we, you know, like random guys too. I'm sure they could fill out a great roster. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Ali all Perez, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. So. uh now, uh, the quick aside here: Is Adrian Gonzalez involved with Team Mexico at all? Good question. Do we he, know? Oh, he's still doing I, the Home Run Derby X thing, right? 
Yeah, I don't know what – there was some – and y'all might know honestly better than I do because I didn't really read into this much. But at the end of 2017 when they were disqualified, there was some like controversy with – or at least some – like I'm, I guess some conflict between him and the team and the MLB. I, think, I don't remember exactly don't remember. what happened. If I remember correctly, the way it was set up was since you only played three games or four games or whatever, um, there was like a possibility that you could tie and like three teams could tie. And that happened with Italy – Mexico and uh, whatever the other one was. I forget what the other team was. And so the way it was, was it was average runs per game was like the tiebreaker. That's what it was. Yep. So Mexico got shorted by like three tenths of a run or whatever. And Adrian Gonzalez was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why did we get disqualified? And I think the WBC's only answer was like, well, that's just the rule we have. We, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Tell you. And I think Adrian Gonzalez was like, well, I'm not doing this anymore. But that was six years ago. He was pissed off. Who knows? You know, he's not in MLB anymore. Like this would be his last hurrah. So who knows? I don't know. Like Roddy Tejas is good. I would. Yeah. I would. Oh, I was. I was expecting him to show up more in like a, you know, coaching. Oh yeah. Thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's been out of the league for a little while now. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, he's got name value. He'd be fun. Yeah, he would uh, be fun. Right, you guys want to do pool D and then wrap it up? Man, let's pool do it. D, that's a monster. You yeah, pool ahead, D's brutal. <laughs> yeah, the what people are calling the group of death, and by people I mean like the three people that actually like comment on my tweets. But right, um, the, that's like. They're I feel like right. it's definitely the deepest. Yeah, it's it. They have Dominican Republic, who is everybody's favorite, honestly, to win. Um, even a lot of people think that they're better than the U.S. I don't necessarily agree, unless we don't get any more pitching. But right. the DR, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Israel, Nicaragua. Man, yeah. So this this is a rough one. Who, who do you guys think is going to be the second team to come out of this pool? So uh, yeah, so we're all in agreement that the DR is going to be. Yeah. About yeah. I'm assuming. I mean, they have more pitching depth than like any MLB team. They have like Sandy Alcantara. They have Framber oh. Valdez. They have, uh, and these are guys that have already just committed. Um, right. They have Christian Javier. I'm sure Luis Castillo will pitch. So it's ridiculous. I mean, right there, that's like you're, you have frontline top tier starters like in your bullpen. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Christian Javier. I'm not over it yet. But <laughs> yeah. I saw both of you had your uh, Phillies gear on. Yeah, that's uh, dude. I, I don't want to talk about. It. <laughs> that was that was that was. Sad. But that guy was dirty this year, I and mean, especially you know he happened to show up extra in the World Series. Yeah, it really, it really uh, get really get, grinds your gears when you see like a 94 mile per hour fastball that people are just absolutely whiffing on. Yep. Dude, I know. I was like, yo, I've hit 94 mile an hour <laughs> fastballs. That was, and it really was like, because everybody, are, we're sidetracking here, but everybody around Philadelphia was like, they had an amazing run. It doesn't matter if they win, I'm still be happy. And all that is true in the end. But they took, right. it wasn't even they got to the World Series. Like, it wasn't like Rocktober in 2007 where they got to the World Series and then just fell on their face. The Phillies, they had it. Like, you know what I mean? They went up yeah. to and then I've never seen a team fail more spectacularly than the last three games of the World Series. Like, that was just. I've just never seen a from game two being on like an absolute high. Was it 7 0? Yeah, game, yeah, game three, they, they hit game five three, home runs off freaking... McCullers. And then, and then getting no hit the next day. It was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was. At home, 
where they have been just tearing the cover off the ball. The the Phillies put on like their superhero cape for like a month and gave us this amazing ride. And then the last couple of days, they just went right back to being the Phillies. Yeah, they went back to the Joe Girardi Phillies. Yeah, it was like I will I will always hate the Astros, and I I know you know why. I'm glad you're happy, Sean. I really yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're happy for you. We're not happy for the Astros. Yeah, I'm really happy for you. I got so many of those kind of texts. Like, I'm really happy for you, man, <laughs> but no one else. <laughs> well, and I'm really happy for plenty of the Astros players, like Jose Arquiti, you know, you know, Framber Valdez. Great. I'm really I'm glad you yeah. have Bragman, Altuve, McCullers. I'll never, I'll never. Yeah. Nah. So to get back to, you know, what got us on this, the Christian Javier <laughs> thing. I mean, like, yeah, the Dominican Republic has the potential to dip into just like earth shattering levels of pitching. Yep. Which especially going up against like a lot of these teams are, you know, still in like what would be termed like their off season, which was kind of a factor before and why like the United States used to underperform people like, Oh, is it because it's like February there and these guys are all out of practice. Yeah. When you have really good pitching, you can kind of amplify that effect. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, the Dominican Republic, the, uh, the, are we in agreement that there's a pretty good chance they're just the favorite for the whole tournament? Yeah, I, I don't think you can bet against the Dominican Republic. I, I, I got I got to go with Israel. They did it once. I love yeah. them. You go for Israel? If, I know Bregman's probably not going to play. If they can get freed, that's a game changer. If not... Mm-hmm. They'll have to be scrappy. Who knows? But like last time they did it with like Jason Marquis. Okay. So, so I'm <laughs> yeah. going to, I'm going to ride with Israel, but I think objectively, I think Venezuela is probably the pick. Um, Do you, let me ask yeah. you a question. Have you heard anything from freed at all? Like, together. I know pitchers are more mercur- mercurial because uh, you know, it's, it's tougher on their bodies and everything. And oh, honestly, yeah. I don't blame them if they want to sit out. Obviously everybody wants Max freed. Um, there are also some fringe guys they could get that would make a difference. Like Garrett Stubbs would be a lot better than Ryan LaVarnway behind the plate. You know, that yeah. kind of mm-hmm. Garrett um, Stubbs would be awesome. Yeah, there are a couple guys out there that they could they could still recruit. So who knows? Like Mustakis would be nice to have. Um yeah. but yeah, I, I think their team is largely what it is at this point, other than Bregman and Freed. Um mm-hmm. so I, I think it's yeah, I think I think it's I'm really hoping Israel can sneak through alongside the Dominican Republic, and then who knows what happens. Um, but you get a Shlomo Lipitz appearance. Yeah, he's fun. I wouldn't call Mm. him good, but he's fun. Um, (laughs) He's so much fun. They'll probably have a couple actually Israeli guys, though. Like in the Olympics, they had a couple of Israeli guys um, on their team. Who knows? They they might they might pull the corpse of Danny Valencia out of retirement and throw him out there, you know? Yeah, they're going to dig him up. <laughs> yeah, they, they keep giving Ty Kelly run. I really yeah. like Kelly. I'm glad he's, like, an ambassador. I don't know if he's your best option anymore, but um, yeah. we'll see. And, yeah, there's some minor league guys they could get, like Hunter Bishop and Jared Schuster were, like, first-round picks they could get. So, who knows? There's a guy named Max Lazar who looks pretty good. So, I don't know. But that's that's wishful thinking. I think Venezuela right. is the clear number two. What so, who are the standouts on Venezuela? Just real quick. Altuve, yeah. Sal Perez, Pablo Lopez. Who are the Acuna? Colorado. Oh, did I say Acuna for the Dominican Republic? I did. Yeah, Acuna is Venezuelan, yeah. so he'll be he'll be there. Okay. Um, so the lineup could be Altuve, something of Altuve, Luis Arias, uh, Acuna, Salvador Perez, Andres Jimenez. Both the Contreras brothers will be there. Anthony Santander, uh, Eugenio Suarez, David Peralta. Yeah. So. That's a good team, it's not looking good for Israel. That's a really no. 
team. Yeah, that's that's the, a stacked team. Yeah, yeah, that's the. I think the only guy that Israel has that kind of rivals like Bader and Peterson are good players. Yeah, and the rest is nice. You know what I mean? Like Kevin Pillar is nice. I'm glad. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't think this and their pitching won't stack up. Yeah. Uh, do, do we have an early prediction for the the semifinals? I think I know who I expect to be there, but you know I'm not I'm not the expert here. So, wait, what are you asking? Like, who's going to move on to the championship? Yeah, like your your final four. Let's not do championship. Let's not predict the whole tournament. Okay, so but, who's you know. coming out of each pool? Like one team out of each pool, then? Yeah, who who do we think? I think that the, there's a couple of pools where there's an obvious favorite, but I don't know. It's it's one game for the quarterfinals, right? All right, if if I'll just go down the list. My four, I'm sticking with Italy. I like Italy. Okay, I'm going Italy, Japan, U.S., Dominican Republic. So the favorites in Italy. What do you think? Okay, go ahead, Sean. Sean. Who do you got? Man, I cannot figure out Pool A. I I don't know who I would take out of that because it's just Cuba has just turned that pool completely upside down to me. Honestly, mm-hmm. in the last couple of days, like I had them at the bottom of that pool. I, just, I still don't think that they're going to have the pitching, though, to make it two rounds into the tournament. Uh, I mm-hmm. think at one point it's just going to kind of fall apart. Um, they'll be able to keep up with people, uh, other teams on their offense, on the offensive side, but not with the pitching. Right. I. So I guess if that's the case, then I'll say Netherlands. Okay. Because um, I think that they they have, of the teams in the tournament, they have one of the best uh, – like home leagues like the dutch league is actually pretty good Mm. Um, other than like the top leagues like mlb mpb kbo but they have a lot of homegrown players that are actually pretty solid so i'll take netherlands um i'll take japan usa and i'm so uh i'm gonna take the dr but i really like venezuela i think venezuela is gonna put up a really good fight yeah i'm actually kind of thinking the same thing like i was tempted to pick the underdog and go with venezuela and then I just started thinking about all the pitching on Dominican Republic, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's it's just oh, that's that's not even an underdog. That's like actually, it, it starts to look a little bit like a mismatch when you look at the pitching. No one's but, gonna uh, score. Like if, if if Venezuela was in Pool A, I they'd easily be my favorite. Yeah, but... they would crush oh, Pool A. Yeah, yeah. Okay, think... so Pool A, I think, I think I agree. Netherlands, I think just because. I mean, the Cuban roster is still like a little bit up in the air, right? Yeah. And Cuba, like we discussed, not really known for its like pitching. So I think the Netherlands is probably the safe pick there. Obviously, Japan, USA. And uh, you know what? I think I am going to go with the underdog pick just so that when they win the whole tournament, I can be right. I'm picking Venezuela and Pool D. Well, maybe this will give you some more comfort because, yes, the DR has some incredible pitching, but Venezuela could have – let me pull up their dream team. They have – so Pablo Lopez, Jesus Lazardo, um, Martin Perez could pitch, okay. uh, Carlos Carrasco, um, Luis Garcia, Herman Marquez. So, like, Ranger Suarez. So, they have, like, all – it's going to be all – very like known names in the MLB, none like mm-hmm. high end, like you know, like the you DR, know what, but... you know what, I'm gonna say that I think makes me feel a little bit better about Venezuela is I think, uh, I think Ranger Suarez is a little bit of a dragon slayer. That's true. I mean, you see how he handled the Astros, the he crushed it. 
Yeah. You know what? I, th- this is my early bold prediction. I'm picking Venezuela with Ranger Suarez. It's going to shock the Dominican Republic in the Let's go. finals. All Let's right. do it. All right. I'll be pulling for it. That'll be cool. That's so much fun. Let's do it. We've taken up way too much of your afternoon. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Wh- where can people find you? Yeah. So I primarily, uh, most of my WBC content is on Twitter. So at Sean underscore Spradling, S H A W N. Um, if Twitter deletes itself, uh, like it has been rumored, um, I right. did just start stuff on TikTok as well, which is just at Sean Spradling. Um, so can go follow me there i don't really post like baseball stuff much on instagram so mostly those two awesome okay awesome well yeah let's uh let's do this again soon you know maybe during the tournament or a little before or something and, and talk again oh, for sure. a watch party all right cool <laughs> yeah man. your time dude this has been a blast all right dude thanks y'all thanks again for coming on the show sean we had an absolute blast and it was super informative to me i'm sure you feel the same way tom absolutely yeah yeah, he's so uh, once again, make sure to go follow Sean on uh, on Twitter and TikTok at Sean underscore Spradling, S-H-A-W-N. He's a great follow for all your all your WBC needs. Um, so, yeah, so we'll have Sean on again uh, at some point to talk about uh, the upcoming tournament and what we think is going to go on and get some coverage of it maybe afterwards. Um, so, yeah, that was an that was an absolute blast. I'm really glad we had Sean on the show. Anything you want to say, Tom? Um, I just like to say that uh i'm also really glad that we had sean on the show i really felt you know that my knowledge of the world baseball classic i felt like i was knowledge sponging all this information but like it really is like you know that's about as close as an uh, to an expert opinion on this stuff as you're gonna get i think that is an expert yeah, because like you know, like we mentioned before, and I think we talked about during the podcast, like you'll get a lot of guys who are an expert on like one thing, right? And he seems to be pretty dedicated to just being an expert on the World Baseball Classic, like across the board. So you know, you get like you you're getting the kind of perspective that you want. Like in the beginning of the season, you're looking to analysts to be like, oh, who do you think is going to win each division? Who's going to, you know, who are the favorites in the playoffs on paper? Like this is the stuff that people want to talk about. And for fans of the World Baseball Classic, Sean is pretty much that guy. He's like kind of the only guy really doing that. So I think it's good that for fans of the World Baseball Classic like us, it's good to, you know, finally have somebody who's kind of taking that bird's eye view of the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it earlier when you said that he was the one stop shop for world baseball classic stuff, because that's exactly what he is. And he does an excellent job of it. So once again, go follow him on Twitter and TikTok at Sean underscore Spradling. Um, and that's all we got for you. It was an awesome conversation. I hope we didn't take up too much of Sean's afternoon. And uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of the baseball podcast. See you guys later.